Welcome to the Law of Attraction in Action podcast. My name is Michelle Joy and thank you so much for joining me. I'm here to inspire you to live amazing lives through the Law of Attraction and help you see how powerful you really are. In this podcast, you'll hear interviews and I will give you inspirational talks on my Monday session. So thank you so much for joining me and happy manifesting. Welcome to Love, Attraction, and Action. Thank you so much for joining me on my podcast. My name is Michelle Joy, and I am your host. And today is my Soulmate Saturdays, where I get to share stories about soulmate love and relationships from people from all walks of life, from all over the world, here to inspire you to know that true love does exist and how they manifested it. Because I know when I was single, I'm like, please, people, tell me how you did it. I want to know. So I'm so excited to have today's guest, who is a woman who is very at my like but, but we're very connected because we're both nurses right there's that nursing bond that sisterhood um but maria anderson she's a nurse wellness facilitator and she's here to share with you her soulmate story so welcome to my show thank you for having me and one thing i want to just start off by saying is how did you find your soulmate or tell us the love story and again backstories are always good so wherever you need to take this just go um well my story is a little bit probably unusual, or at least I think it's unusual. Um, I was married um, for over 10 years, and my first marriage was extremely abusive. Um, the kind of abuse that you don't, um, I shouldn't be alive kind of thing. Wow. And when I was finally able to get out of that relationship, I tried dating, but I kept I noticed really quickly, like on the first date, like this is the exact same person. And statistics said, you know, that the likelihood of me getting into another abusive relations were really high. And I pride myself on not being a statistic if I can be. And um, so I really decided at that point in my life that, um, and this is before I knew anything about law of attraction. And really, I, I just wanted to take a time to do inner reflection right? So what is it that I'm, that I'm doing that is attracting this particular kind of person in my life? So I took about a year and um, I really did some inner soul work and really decided on, you know, what kind of partner am I looking for? What am I looking for for myself, for my children? And um, what would that look like? And so I just kind of did all of that really hard work internally. Mm -hmm. um, and my story is a typical because when um, I met my soulmate, I actually, I hated his guts. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, I could not stand him. We worked at the same place. And if I went in the break room and he was in the break room, I was just like, oh, get me out of here. I just could not stand to be around him. Uh-huh. And circumstance had it that uh, we wound up going to a, a whole group of us wound up going out to this party and he wound up having to drive me home that night. And we just got talking in the car and I was just like, hmm, he's pretty interesting. Like he doesn't, what he, I thought he was, he really isn't. So I kind of just kept that in the back of my mind. A few months passed by and um, a friend of ours was talking to me and she goes, you know, you should ask him out. And I'm like, no, but something in the back of my mind just was like, um, you know, you might want to consider this. 
in, I call it a breadcrumb basically. And mm -hmm. so I went up to him and I asked him out and he said, no. Uh huh. <laughs> he was like, well, not no, like, no, not ever. Just no, not for this, you know, this weekend, but maybe next weekend. I'm like, okay. Uh -huh. And, um, you know, we went out and we just got talking and it just, there was just this really wonderful connection. Um, but it wasn't like, you know, the stars aligned and the room fell, you know, there was nothing like that. It was completely different. Um, and we just continued to date and eventually we got married. But in a soulmate relationship, I don't think it's all about hearts and flowers. I don't think it's, you know, rainbows and unicorns and everything is perfect and you guys have yeah. everything in common. We are the polar opposites of each other. I am. Um, and, but the thing that really balances us out was, you know, I came from a really damaged back past, right? I had tons of baggage and coming into this relationship, um, he never tried to fix me. He just, you know, he never, he accepted me for where I was in my journey, no matter how many times I shifted and changed and, and continued to evolve as a person and heal as a person. He just continued to hold that space and allow me that time and space to do what I needed to do without judgment, without trying to coerce me into being the same person that I was when he originally met me. Mm -hmm. You know, and it was very interesting because we've been married now, well, we've been together, what is this, 2020, so about 16 years we've been together. Uh-huh. And um, like I said, it's not all hearts and flowers. It's not like we don't get on each other's nerves. It's not like, you know, none of those things. But it was really interesting to me was um, last year, I remember I came home and the dishes weren't done and I was just so aggravated and I was just like in my mind I was just going okay I'm gonna get a divorce and I sat there for a moment I go am I really getting a divorce about dishes uh -huh. you know uh -huh. like that's there's something else there and when we sat down and what we realized is when we first got together I had a very specific um unspoken operating system that he was operating by right i gave him the maria 1.0 you know oh, operating system this is how you function in her life basically right uh -huh. but i've evolved uh -huh. so much i'm not even close to the person i was before but neither one of us took the time and neither is he took uh -huh. the time our 16 years to go hey, we're still operating on version one and we're at like version 20 now, you know? Uh -huh. we, need to, we need to update what we think. And so we sat down, and, you know, we created sacred space and we really talked about what was and wasn't working in our marriage and how we wanted to move forward in our marriage in this, this new energy and this new space. And we decided at that time we wanted to renew our vows because you know, we aren't those people anymore. We're moving in a completely different direction. And, you know, our connection is so much so that, you know, one of the things we always say is we create big magic together. Uh -huh. And the most amazing things have happened to us over the years um, because we have that ability to have this amazing relationship where we do um, 
we are able to create magic in our lives. Because you've allowed each other to grow, it sounds like. I think that's where most relationships fail is they're not allowing each other to grow. A soulmate relationship, I believe, and I'm, I'm, I, again, all these interviews that I'm doing is the commonality is we help each other grow to the best version of ourself and not hold us back. And you're right, growth can be messy and you're sitting with another human being who's also growing. It could be messy. So no, I would never say a soulmate relationship is without... Um, conflict without um, tears, without, you know, frustrations, because when you are butted up against someone, you're going to feel that and they're going to mirror that back to you. But a true soulmate relationship, I believe, and you can agree or disagree, is that person who really holds that space for you and say, it's okay. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what I'm hearing is he tells you it's okay. Absolutely. And we do that for each other. And it's not only, you know, you know, rising to meet that person, you know, I mean, as our energy shifts and change, it can feel out of balance. And mm-hmm. um, I remember I had gone and done um, a pretty intense weekend where I did a sweat and I had a lot of energy shifting at that time. And he picked me up from the airport and I got in the car. He couldn't even sit in the car with me. <laughs> he was like, there is something wrong here. But I had shifted into this really intense energy that he wasn't used to being around. And I was like, you need to rise to meet me because I can't go back there now. Nice. Yeah. And he accommodated, you know, he was just like, he got it and he was able to rise to meet me. And so in every evolution of his transformation, my transformation, we always rise to meet each other at that new level of where we are in our journey. Um, And like you said, just being able to give people that space for me it was really hard though because I think people who and this is just my opinion but um people who are come from an abusive background Mm -hmm. you know they're they're always on high alert they have PTSD you know Mm -hmm. so really being able to come into this relationship and feeling safe and working through those things and those triggers that are going to come up that has absolutely nothing to do with him Mm -hmm. absolutely everything Mm -hmm. to do with my past um and being able to work through them in a safe space um but also being able to kind of heal those finally and kind of put them aside and be like okay this is where I am now um, and that's how healing healing occurs when you are able to let it come through. Yes. We can't heal until we let it surface. And I think a soulmate relationship is an opportunity to help you heal those wounds, um, which I, I want to come back to when you first met and you said you hated him. I kind of wonder if it's because, and I think maybe back then you were, even though you're doing the work, you, there was still a part of you that I don't want to look at that trauma and you meet a soulmate and there's something about them that says, no, you're going to have to look at it. Mm-hmm. So I wonder on a subconscious level, you're thinking, I can't stand this guy because he's going to probably make me look at myself. And as much as you've done the work, when you've been, my, my sweetie's been through a lot of trauma in his past. And I have a lot of friends who've had a lot of horrible trauma from their past and that it's so hard to face that Mm-hmm. that trauma. And so at the time, even though you've done a work for a year, I'm sure, I'm wondering if that was why you couldn't stand them. What do you think? I mean, absolutely. You know, again, I think too, for me, it was just, um, you know, I know a year sounds like a long time, but really in, <laughs> it's not right. a long time, right? Right. right. Um, there's still so much fresh there. There's still so much, you know, 
going on in your life. And um, so it, it takes that time and it takes somebody who can be with you in there and in that. Um, but yeah, I totally agree that, you know, it definitely was a this because, hey, why, why do I want to go there? Right. right. Why do I want to move past my story of trauma and drama? Right. Yeah. I mean, when you challenge someone's core belief of who they are, uh, you know, all that BS that they carry around, yeah. that's, that's triggering. You yeah. Often my people go, nope, don't want to go there with you. you know? Yeah. Yeah. But being able to have somebody who's like, yeah, I'm, I'm on board for that. Yeah. What I love though is that you just still let it unfold you let it progress. And even though at the beginning, you're like, no way, you were open enough to say, well, maybe this could be something. And, and that's the thing people, and I agree with you, it's rare that people have the love at first sight. I'm finding most people, it's usually um, like with my sweetie, it was not apparent at the beginning because he came to my group and he came with his ex-girlfriend. So I didn't place him in that category for a long time and we became just best friends. So I didn't even think of him in that way. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I started to become vulnerable with him. Like you said, in the car, you guys got vulnerable and started really sharing that's when you see that true self and then that's when love happens i find absolutely yeah. being able to literally say anything you know i think we go into these relationships a lot of people go into relationships always holding 100 you know not giving 100 percent, always holding something back you know, if I show my whole self, and I've, I've even said this to him, if I tell you everything, then I've given you a roadmap on how to destroy me, right? Mm. And I can't have that. You Especially know, if I, you've been traumatized, you are major right. in protective zone, I'm sure. Absolutely. It's like, I got to hold something back because if I don't, then I don't know that I'm going to survive the next time. You know, so being able to and it's not something that happens overnight. It happens over years and years, you know, yeah. of being able to have that person continually show up for you. Right. I think the thing for me too was um, in our relationship, I, my husband's a very quiet person. And sometimes I remember when I decided to quit my job and I wanted to go out on my own and do my own business and He's like, okay, my husband's the kind of person that if I go home tomorrow and tell him I want to be an astronaut, he'll be like, okay, what do we got to do? Oh, you know? so I love really it. supportive in that kind of way. Yeah. And I remember the last day at my job, um, I was freaking out. I was like, oh my God, I think this is a mistake. What am, what am I thinking? I can't do this. Like, this is so irresponsible. And I remember I was texting him and I was just like, you know, if you tell me to pull the plug, I'll pull the plug, you know, and I really, I wanted him to come in the boat with me, right? I wanted uh -huh. him to come in my boat of trauma and drama, and he refused to do that. And in that uh -huh. moment, uh -huh. I thought it was just like him being very, you know, I don't know, like unavailable to me. Like he wasn't present, but in all reality, he was being present, right? He uh -huh. was just refusing to get in the boat. <laughs> like, yeah. Nope. You got to go out to sea and figure this out. And I'm not going to go on that with you. Like, I'm not going to play into this. And so I think sometimes if we don't take that moment of reflection to say, you know, 
how is this person responding to me? Is this, is this truly that they're being aloof or they don't care or unfeeling or, you know, they're not invested in this relationship or is, are they giving us exactly what we need? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Taking us out of our story and making us do the work instead of going, I want you to save me. Save right. me for myself. They it's, it's, that. Yeah. You. yeah. And it's a matter of respect because what he's showing you is he respects and believes in you. That's huge. He believes in you that he's going to let you do it. I, it's so funny. Your story is the exact same mind. When I left my hospice nursing job, I like go to tell my boss I'm quitting and I freaked out. I ran downstairs. I call my sweetie. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can do this. This is crazy. What am I thinking? This is irresponsible. Everything you said, Maria, is what I said. And he just sat there and listened and listened. And then he goes, do you believe you can do it? He didn't question me. He didn't go on that bandwagon. He didn't sit there and go like, you know, oh yeah, maybe it is too crazy. He's like, do you believe you can do it? And I said, yes. He goes, okay. And that's all I needed. And then I went up and I quit. And that was two years ago and I never, ever regret it. But like, I needed him to like, just believe in me and your husband believes in you. And that's what a soulmate relationship does. They believe in you. And yes, we're going to do some crazy things that seem irrational and some things that are scary, but if you're excited about it and they see that in you, they're going to do anything to support you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love that. So I truly believe you have a soulmate relationship from everything you're telling me is so great. You started out this interview. She's like, well, I have a different perspective on soulmates. I'm like, actually, no, your perspective is the exact same as mine. <laughs> so I think we're good here, Maria. So that's so awesome. Well, I'm so happy you, you found each other. I'm, and also one, one last thing I want, if you have any advice for people who are looking for love, especially those people who can really resonate with you as far as being in an abusive relationship, what's one thing you want to offer them as, as advice on finding true love again? I think the very first thing is you need to take time for yourself. You can't jump into another relationship. You are going to recreate that trauma and drama. And I have seen it with abused women over and over again. And for me, that was not an option. I had children. I could not do that. Mm -hmm. um, so take that time. If you need to talk to a therapist or, you know, do soul work, whatever that it looks like for you, that is a number one, the thing that you need to do first. You can't create a soulmate relationship if you're not willing to do the hard stuff. Yeah. yeah. You know, you have to do the hard stuff and be mindful. You know, I think, you know, we, we grew up as children, you know, hearing these fairy tales about, you know, being saved and, you know, all of these crazy ideals of what love is supposed to look like. Um, so what are your stories about love? What are the relationships you have seen growing up about love? How does that translate into your belief system about love? What does love mean to you, right? Because if you have somebody who has a totally different love language than you, then that can totally make you feel like that person is not available, that they're not fulfilling your needs, you know? And be you have to be able to be not only open and honest with yourself, but open and honest with your partner. Like you can't hold back that 1%. You got to be all in. Yeah. You have to take that chance. And I heard a, a saying the other day, um, don't go around collecting red flags because you can, right? Uh -huh. If you see red flags in a relationship, one, ask, are they truly red flags or are this, or is 
this your, you know, your body's way of bringing up old traumas that are ready to be healed and ready to be, you know, taken care of. Um, but if they are real red flags, don't think you can change someone. Right. right. Or if you just love them enough, um, if you just pray enough, yeah, none of that's going to no, no. They are showing you exactly who they are and that's not going to change. You can't paint them in a different color. No. So be mindful of that. And I mean, if that's the relationship you want, then fine, go forward with it. But know that that person is who they say they are and, yeah. and you have to accept all of them or walk away. Right. So that's just so important for, for everyone to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Be mindful. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, thank you, Maria. This is a brilliant, beautiful interview and story. And you shared a lot of good information that people are going to like really listen to. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And if anyone here is listening, you have a soulmate story you want to share on my show, I would love to hear from you. Just go to my website at michelle-joy.com. That's M-I-C-H-E-L-E-J-O-Y.com. And thank you everyone for listening. Have a wonderful day and happy manifesting. Thank you again for listening and joining me on my podcast. If you want to learn more about me, please go to my website at michelle-joy.com. That's M-I-C-H-E-L-E-J-O-Y.com. And on there, I have lots of goodies, including guided meditations and inspirational posts and blogs. And of course, I'm here to help you as your coach. So thank you for listening and have a wonderful day.